calling all detectives. After eight years in jail, a man I'd arrested faces me with a gun in his hand. That is the situation on this page from my casebook, the casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. It's a strange and peculiar world we live in, and nobody knows that better than I, Jerry Browning, private detective. It had been a long, hard day, trying to handle two cases at the same time for clients who retained me by the year. I'd run myself ragged trying to get each case a little closer to solution. And finally, about ten that night, I was driving home for some much-needed sleep. I caught a red light at Mansfield and Warner, a break to a stop. And as I did... Don't turn your head, pal. Just start rolling when a light changes. There are times when you do as you're told, and this was one of them. Well, I'll draw to an inside straight if it ain't Jerry Browning. I turned my head a few inches and looked at terrible Teddy Vanson. He looked older than when I'd last seen him, which was eight years ago on the occasion when a judge gave him 20 years to life on the Habitual Criminal Act. I smiled, a feeble sort of smile. Hello, Teddy. This is certainly a surprise. I'll bet it is, seeing as you thought you'd put me away for keeps. Did they uh, parole you, Teddy? Nah, I crushed that. Jerry, I got a lot to catch up with. Eight years wait. You and I are going to have some fun. And then, I'll croak you. A man I'd sent to jail eight years earlier escaped and climbed into my car at gunpoint. Jerry, this is perfect. Croaking you is my pet ambition. But first, let's go eat. I am hungry. And you've got dough. Terrible Teddy ripped into his steak as only a man who spent eight years in jail can do. I sat beside him, wedged into a corner of a booth at the Charcoal Steakhouse. Don't make no sudden moves, Jerry. I'd just as soon kill you with his knife as with a gun. I gulped, nodded. But Teddy, if I'm pale, it's not because of what you're saying, but because I'm thinking of the size of the check. Teddy had a shrimp cocktail, a double-thick steak, potatoes, salad, ice cream, and coffee. Two hours later... <sighs> Food like you dream about, Jerry. Yeah, pay the check and let's move on. Waiter, the check. The waiter put the check down and fled. I took a quick look at it. So did terrible Teddy. $38? For what? Well, uh, you did have a drink, Teddy. Not $38, Wait, Come on. He picked up the check, grabbed my wrist, and pulled me toward the cashier. Who's the manager? I am, sir. Any complaint? <laughs> no complaint, no. That wasn't so smart, Teddy. You'll have half the cops in town looking for you now. They're looking for me anyway. $38 for two dinners, and they put me in jail. Anyway, if I let these clip joints take your dough, there won't be none left for me when I croak you. Let's uh, not think about that for a while, Teddy. Uh, where do you want to go? Well, let's go to Moxie's place. You can always get a quiet drink there. Moxie's isn't like that anymore, Teddy. I said we're going to Moxie's. Moxie's. Mm -hmm. 
Harvey Haymarket, the sleepy-voiced songster, was at Moxie's place. And the way people got into the joint these days was with a shoehorn. Not tables without reservations. Not tables. Not tables. Slip the guy a book, Jerry. Everybody's got to eat. Okay, if you say so, Teddy. One dollar. One dollar does not buy the a check. Boy, throw these bums out. Uh, uh, one minute, boy. This way, gentlemen. What changed the head waiter's mind was terrible Teddy's revolver practically shoved up his nose. To prevent shooting in that crowded a joint, I gave the man ten dollars. For which he didn't bother to thank me. Hey, where are the dames hollering about? Harvey Haymarket, they swooned for him. Teddy looked at the willowy singer bowing his way off the postage stamp-sized stage. For him? Yeah. Here's your drink. I didn't order no drink yet. You got it, just the same. In the next 20 minutes, a rapid succession of drinks was placed on our table and snatched away after a sip or two. Teddy couldn't stand the noise, so I called for the check. It was $57. Judge it. Jerry, I gotta hold up before I croak you. Drive me to the Palace Hotel. Sorry, sir. Reservations are made six weeks in advance. Room and bath? Oh, I can let you have one for $20 a day. Three weeks from now. A room? We require bank references, a letter from your minister, and... I'll get you two co-signers. Come on, Jerry. Look, Teddy, times have changed in the eight years you've uh, been away. Well, maybe the... Hey, be careful! The car came roaring up behind us, cut around in front, tore ahead at 65, jumped the light at the next crossing, and... There's nothing you can do for him. Keep going. Keep going, I said. Can't take it, Teddy. We have three, four like that a day. More on holidays. These days we kill more people in traffic accidents than we used to lose in battle. Pull over to the side. I thought, well, here it comes. Teddy turned to face me. Jerry... You're right. I'm too far behind the times. I can't take it. He took out the gun, balanced it in his hand. I figured to kill you. Now I think you're worse off if I let you live. Here, I don't need this anymore. I took the gun, dropped it into my pocket. You were always tough, Teddy, but you never were a killer. So, what now? Jerry, I... Be obliged if you give me a lift back to the big house. Got a parole coming up in another six years, and who knows? By then, times may get back to being what they used to be. (laughs) Yeah, that's the inside story of how I persuaded terrible Teddy Vanson to return to jail. Maybe times will be different six years from now. But, like I said... It's a strange and peculiar world. And I wouldn't care to make any guarantees about anything. 
Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private Detective.